0: Welcome to Broken Catholic, the number one Catholic voice in America. On this show, I talk about the important things that no one else is talking about, like why the world isn't working right now. The Protestant Reformation is over. Christians now have more commonalities than differences, yet evil is spreading and the enemy is winning because we're still fighting each other over self-righteous labels and high-level theology. If you disagree with me, then you're part of the problem. Listen. As Christians, we're all baptized into God's family. We all want heaven, and we all struggle with the same human brokenness. United we stand, divided we fall, it's that simple. I'm your host, your coach, your friend, Joseph Warren. I'm also a broken Catholic and former atheist who was almost murdered twice, but God spared me because he had a higher purpose for my life. My mission is to unify Christians everywhere. This show was created for you, the person who wants to be accepted and loved and reminded that God has a higher purpose for your life. Let's get started. Listen to the wise counsel of others. Let me tell you about a time in my life when I didn't listen to the wise counsel of others and it nearly cost me my life. When I was 19 years old, I owned a professional fundraising company for national nonprofit charities. So I had a team of 50 people and we would go out on the streets and raise money for these awesome, amazing charities so that they could do the work that they did and not focus on the fundraising part. We were good at what we did. I had one of the best teams in the country. That's what I did. I raised money for these great charities. So I remember I had opened up my office in Chicago, and we were kicking butt, and we did $2 million in 12 months uh, from starting the company, and my partner and I were like, what the heck did we just build? It was awesome. At the same time, it was scary. So we had this great success within one year, and I had my assistant manager that I groomed Uh, he was my second in command and he was fantastic at sales and going out there and raising money. And I remember, you know, this guy was just so intense. He reminded me of, uh, Hulk Hogan, uh, the wrestler, and he had the long, like, uh, blonde bleach blonde, straight jagged hair was kind of thinning on the top, like Hulk Hogan. And he was intense like him as well. And I remember he would jump out like in shopping centers. We would go and raise money everywhere, right? So we'd be at Walmart, 7-Elevens, wherever. And we would just go over to people and say, hey, how you doing? We give them a 30-second little spiel about the charity, what we were doing, how much money, uh, the percentage. It's a tax write-off. Here's our ID, all all our certifications, all that stuff, right? So my buddy, my assistant manager, would go and jump out in front of people. And he would just be like, hi, how you doing? Like, we're helping kids. This is what I want you to do. I want you to give $10 to save some kids. Let's do this. And he had, like, that intensity about him. And it would scare the the crap out of people, right? And I really think that most of the people, the majority of people, donated to him because they were scared of him in some way, but he was good. He was so good at what he did. The reason why I'm bringing him into this story is because I sent him out to Los Angeles to open up our second location and he went out there and I trusted him like with everything. This was my boy and uh, I was young and, and he was young and we were just invincible against the world. Nobody could tell us no like rejection rolled off our back and you were going to donate anyway, because we, we told you you were like, it was that, that was the level of ego and, and just uh, self-confidence, self-righteousness, all this stuff, pride and everything. So my point being, he goes out to Los Angeles and he starts struggling and he gets the office open and, and he's trying to build it up. And man, he's like, not getting results. So he calls me up and he's like, Joseph, like it's crazy out here. People are insane. Like they're yelling and cursing and nasty. It's not like Chicago at all. Like I don't know what to do. And I was like, listen, dude, we've been through worse. Just push through it. Make it happen. You're the guy. You're the man. Let's go. Right. And and he went back out and he and he tried again the next day and the next day and the next day and the next day. And he just couldn't break into this new territory. He was in a new market and uh, people were hostile and just angry out there in Los Angeles. So he calls me up again and he's like, Joseph, like I've tried. I tried everything, everything I know, everything I I used to do that worked in Chicago and, and worked in New York. It doesn't work here. I'm telling you, something's different. It's like something's in the water. I don't know what it is, but I need your help, man. Like I'm ready to quit. And when I heard him say, I'm ready to quit, that was not like him. That was, quitting was not part of his vocabulary. And I remember, you know, I asked him to listen to my wise counsel, right? Listen to my counsel, dude. Like, go out there, get your head right, get back in the game and and build up. And he just couldn't do it. So I knew he was gonna quit. Um, it just got to that point. And I remember he was like, almost losing it on the phone with me. And I I was like, okay, I gotta take this serious. So I said, I'll tell you what, I'm gonna fly out to Los Angeles and I'm gonna spend a week or two with you and we're gonna build it back up. Okay. We're gonna make it work. We're gonna make it run. And I remember like he like literally jumped through the phone with excitement and enthusiasm when I said that. And he was like, You're gonna come out here for real? Like you're gonna come out here. I was like, yeah, I'm gonna come out there. You know, I promised that I would support you all the way through this business. That's what I'm gonna do. Obviously, you're in a bad place. I could tell it. it's in your voice and it's in your energy and everything like that. Your mindset is all jacked up. I'm gonna come out there and help you and get it right. So he was so excited. So I go out there and it was just this uh, really cool experience at first of uh, going to Los Angeles for the first time and I was excited about it and... Then I got there, I arrived. And I remember he was, uh, he, he brings me from, picks me up at the airport. He drives me to where he's staying. Where he was living, I gotta tell you, it was terrible. Like he was living in a, uh, a little like motel, like this nasty motel, this tiny little room in a motel. And uh, it had two beds in it, thank goodness, right? But uh, I remember it was like a courtyard shape with one little entrance in the middle for your car to come in. It was just a weird setup, right? And uh, I quickly understood why, because uh, the people that resided in this hotel, all these hotel rooms, they were all drug dealers and prostitutes. And it, this was like a little like compound for drug dealers and prostitutes. And here we are staying there. And I'm like, what is going on, dude? He's like, it's the only place I, I, I could find really quickly. And, and I told you, like, I'm not doing good out here. So I'm not making money. So it's all I could afford. And I was like, whatever. Okay, fine. So I remember we went to sleep and I said, listen, get some sleep. Tomorrow we're going to go out there and kick some butt. And he was like, all right, but I'm telling you, it's really bad out here. You're, you're, you'll, see, you'll see what I'm saying tomorrow. I was like, okay, fine, whatever. And I wasn't buying into his mindset. He had given up mentally, and I was fired up and powered up, right? And no one could tell me no when I was 19, 20 years old. So that night, we had uh, knocks on the door at like 12, 1, 2 in the morning. And uh, I remember it was the prostitutes that like lived there, like these hookers. They knocked on the door asking us if we wanted to have a good time, obviously, they wanted to be compensated. And I was just like, what? Like, get out of here. Like, who are you people? Leave me alone. I'm getting sleep. I'm working tomorrow. I got to build a business. Good night. Slam the door. Boom. So that was that. We wake up the next morning and we go out there. And what we did, we, uh, we hit some businesses, right? And what that means simply is we would find uh, little strip malls, right? Little um, building you know the stores, shopping centers right depending on what part of the country you live in or the world uh, listening to this and we found these little uh, shopping centers and we would just park the car get out bring all our credentials and I always carried a handful of money in my hand of cash so that people could see that others were donating I normally carried like uh, 50 to $200 somewhere in there in cash in my hands. So it was uh, social proof, right? And people, when they see other people are giving, they feel less apprehensive to give. So we show up at the first business, we walk in the door and I remember, um, yeah, we walk in and my buddy is leading the way and he opens the door and the second he opens the glass door to this store, all I hear is, uh, like a male voice screaming at the top of his lungs, get the F out of here. Or I'm calling the cops. And I was like, Whoa, like what? And so, so we walked in a little further and the guys like, did you not hear me? Are you stupid? Are you retarded? I said, get the F out of here. I'm calling the police. And I was just like, Whoa. And my, and my buddy and you know, he t- beelines it, turns around and and walks right out the door. So I was like, all right, what the heck? So I walk out with him and he looks at me and he goes, I told you, this is how it is out here. Everyone does this. Everyone's the same. They just yell and curse and I can't say one word. I can't even start my presentation, Joseph. I don't know what to do. And I said, well, let's try another. So we knock on the, the door, the next door. We walk in, we didn't knock on the door. We walk in the next door and same exact thing. We open the door, F-bombs, cursing us out. Nasty stuff these people were saying to us. Like, I was offended. Like, I don't talk to that. The people, who the F are you to talk that way to me? You don't know me. Why are you cursing out my mom right now? Like, I don't get it. So, uh, same thing. We walk back out. We go to the next one. The next one the next one, the next one. We did 10 stores in a row. They all had the same exact uh, approach and response, yelling, shouting, cursing. We couldn't even say a word. So I I turned to my buddy and I said, listen, why don't we go grab an early lunch? And he was like, all right. So we go and we sit down and and we have a lunch and I'm trying to think this through. And I'm like, all right, we got to change our approach because this isn't working. Uh, they're controlling us, and, and we can't even get in a word. So we walk um, into the next uh, – well, actually, uh, sorry, back up a second. This was years ago, okay, people? This was years ago. So I'm recollecting as much detail as possible for you so that I get it right. So we're sitting there having lunch, my buddy and I, and I'm, I'm marinating on the problem and how to solve it, marinating on the problem, how to solve it. And I remember all of a sudden a light bulb went off in my head and I was like, boom, I got it. And my buddy like looks at me and he looks dead into my eyes and he lights up because he sees that sparkle and that's in my eyes and that smirk on my on my smile that lets him know Joseph has an idea. We're about to crush it because that's what I've always done right back then. And so he goes, what do you got? What are you going to do? What are you going to do? And I was like, don't worry about it. I said, here's what I want you to do. The next door we go in, I want you to follow my lead. I don't want you to say a word, but I want you to stay, uh, move as fast as I move, walk really fast behind me. And whoever is talking and yelling, I want you to stare them down with like an evil, I want to kill you look. Can you do that? And he was like, okay. So we go into the next store. And I intentionally throw open the glass door to the point where it, it uh, booms against like the wall, the door flew open so fast and I beadline it as fast as I can into the store. The second that door hit, I hear, get the F out of our store. You son of a bleep. Right. And the guy's yelling and cursing there. And it was a jewelry store. I remember that. And Oh, I, Little detail. We had to be buzzed in. Do you remember those stores, the jewelry stores when they had the little, you walk in the first glass door uh, and you're like stuck in a little rat maze cage or whatever. And then they have to, they see who you are and then they buzz you into the, the, the store itself for security reasons. That's what happened. So what we did is I told them, let's hide our paperwork and credentials so we don't look like solicitors. And they'll buzz us in and think we're customers. And it worked. That's what they did. So the second they buzz, I hear that on the door. I throw open the door. It slams against the wall. I beeline in. The guy starts F-bombing us. Get the F out, you mother bleepity bleeps, right? And I walk full throttle, like fast New York pace, right to the guy who's yelling and cursing. I look him in the eye and I point my finger in his face and I say, shut up and sit down. Just like that. Like he froze. He went quiet. The whole store went quiet. And there was like three or four customers in the store. You could imagine what he's thinking. You can imagine what they're thinking. It's a jewelry store. They're probably thinking they're being robbed. Okay. So you get the scenario there. So he builds up his courage again and he's like, did you not hear me? I'm going to call the cops. Get out of here. I got even louder. I literally like put my hands on the glass counter of the jewelry store and I leaned over, waved my finger in his face and I said, did you not hear me? I said, shut up and sit down. And just like that, his butt hit the chair and he sat down. I said, listen, and I lowered my voice. I lowered my intensity. I said, listen, I don't like being yelled at the same way you don't like being yelled at. So what I'm going to do now is I'm going to lower my voice and we're going to speak like human beings to each other. You're going to respect me and I'm going to respect you. Now, I'm going to tell you what we're doing. You don't have to help. I really don't care, but you are going to listen. Do you got it? He nodded his head. So I said, hey, listen, we're helping these kids, blah, 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 blah. I did my pitch, my credentials, whatever. It was a 30, 60 second presentation, right? And he, he, I finished and he, he liked looking at me like, is it safe to speak? And I said, do you want to help? And he goes, listen, uh, how do I say this to you? Um, you seem like a good guys, I guess, reputable guys, you're, you're pretty crazy, but, uh, you got to. I, I can't really donate to the, you know, your, this charity. I said, why not? Like what's holding back? What's your concern? And he says, well, it's all over the news. Like don't donate to charities at all. And I said, what? He's like, yeah, it's all over TV, like every day, every week, all the news stations say don't donate to any charities because 90 something percent of them are scams. There's over 6,000 charities at that time in Los Angeles, and over 90% of them were scams. And I was like, what? Like, I really got why people were yelling at us. And like light bulb moment right there. And I said, listen, here's our credentials. I want you to, you know, you could call these numbers. Here's the 800 number. Here's the national charity line. Here's this, here's that. Here's all the kids we've helped. Here's the tax write-off receipt, everything. And I showed them my credentials, our ID badges, everything. And I said, we're not one of those. We literally just moved to Los Angeles. So we know nothing about all these scams or anything like that. Like we're legit. We're helping kids and we want you to help. And he was like, "So you guys are for real?" And I was like, "Yeah, we're for real. Like, help." And he's like, "What do you need?" And I was like, "Well, ten dollars. Like, it's a ten dollar donation. That's what most people do. Um, and you help the kids, and and I give you a thank you T-shirt. Like, it's a win-win, and it's a tax write-off." And he goes, "Okay." So he pulls out ten dollars, or he wrote me a check. Right? I don't actually recall what he did. Um, and then I said, "And listen." Uh, we're new in the area. Like I said, we're going to come back every single week, myself or my business partner or one of our assistants, and you're going to donate $10 every single week because you're going to help kids and you're going to give part of your, your proceeds to kids and your business is going to do better because you're helping people. Are you cool with that? And he was like, okay. So then I turned to this, the people in the store, the customers, and I said, would you guys like to help as well? Now, you can imagine what was going through their heads the whole time. First, they think they're being robbed. Then I'm like, I'm yelling at the their store owner. The store owner's yelling at me. Then, then everything gets quiet. Boom. Then they see him hand me money. So what do they do? They all donate. And it was so cool, right? So I, uh, we say, thank you very much. We'll see you next week for another donation. Have a blessed week, right? We walk out the door. And I, my buddy grabs my arm and he goes, dude, that was insane. And I said, I know, you know what that was? And he goes, what? I said, that is how we're going to take over Los Angeles. And he goes, Oh, like, Oh my gosh. Like aha, light bulb moment. So we go to the next store. Same thing. We open the door, throw it open, Store owner starts yelling, cursing. Get out of here. I'm calling the cops, you mother effers. <laughs> I say, shut up and sit down. Right? Same thing. Role played. Boom. He donates. Next door. Same thing. Door opens. Get out, you mother effers. <laughs> shut up. Sit down. Donate. Next door. Donate. Next door. Donate. Literally one after another. My buddy is losing it. He's losing it as my assistant manager. He goes, oh my gosh, it's working. I said, I told you. I believed I had more certainty than the people yelling in my face, right? Because I had sought wise counsel before. I grew up in a uh, a very, um, I'm going a, I'm to a sidetrack for a second from the story and then come right back to it. But I grew up in a home where there wasn't much like, affirmations about like success and confidence and self-esteem and you could do anything that you believe and go out there and create the life that you want i didn't grow up with that as i'm sure maybe you didn't grow up with that and i remember it was like tony robbins man Tony Robbins was such an instrumental part of my life. And I've had the pleasure of like hanging with his son, Jarek Robbins, a few times. And, I, and I, I see the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. Jarek's an amazing human being. His dad was an amazing human being. And I'm forever grateful for the contribution he made to me and in really instilling in my brain like nourishment for believing in myself to the point where someone cursing at me, yelling at me, cursing at my family members, my mom, my dad, all this stuff, total strangers, hostile and aggressive. I could overpower them with my certainty, with my confidence, and control the conversation and get the result I was looking for. All from listening to counsel of others, Tony Robbins, other successful people. So Let's wrap back right into the story cuz it gets a little more crazy and insane and I'm actually thinking I'm going to break this into a second part, right? Because that was a long-winded story. The point of that story was I listened to the counsel of others throughout my my teenage years and because of it I put good stuff in. I believed it. I changed the skedoge in my mind and my mindset. I removed the limiting belief systems and I was able to go into any situation, regardless of the confrontation, regardless of the adversity, regardless of the walls in front of me, and I could conquer it over the wall, under the wall, through the wall, around the wall. It didn't matter. I was getting to the other side. I want the same for you. The way you do that is by listening to the counsel of others, trusted friends. People have been there, done that. There are a few steps A few exits past you on the highway of success that you're headed towards. Now, let me wrap the story up in a bow for you. That new approach, I talked to my buddy. And I remember that same day, he said, Joseph, can I try? And he had a look in his eyes like a fire I hadn't seen in a long while. was rekindled because he listened to my counsel. He saw the belief in me, the certainty in me, and then he saw the results come from it. And he wanted to try it himself. And he dumped out the skadooge, limiting belief systems that he wasn't good enough, he no longer can do it, that the the city was against them, the market was different. Maybe you feel that way in your business, right? You feel that, oh, I'm in a different market. I can't get any sales. I can't close anything. Like it's the market's fault. There's a shift in the market or it's the customers or it's this or it's that. And you're doing the blame game. Instead of taking 100% responsibility for your life and for your results, Stop blaming others, take it on. The way you do that, get out the skadoos of your head. The way you get out the skadoos, the crap, the limiting belief systems in your head, go seek counsel from others that have already been to where you wanna go. That's the secret formula. This is powerful stuff. And what happened? Here's the final result. He went in, he did the, the next whatever, not, not walk through the door, the next door, and they started yelling and cursing, and he said, shut up and sit down, in his crazy wrestler Hulk Hogan approach, and they dropped, and it was so awesome to watch. And then he lowered his voice and he was nice and kind and compassionate. He said, I won't raise my voice if you don't raise your voice. But if you try to raise your voice again, I'm going to crush you. And it worked. And they gave $10. He went to the next door, $10. The next door, $10. And just like that, we took over Los Angeles. We took over a new market. And within the next 12 months, we raised over $2 million in revenue for these good, awesome charities that helped kids. That's what that looks like. Listen to the counsel of others. That's the lesson here. That's the conclusion of the story. You have to do this in your life to build faith in your business because you have to have faith in God and you have to have faith in yourself, which means you have to remove what's blocking God from putting all the empowering beliefs in you of what he wants you to do in this world, listen to the counsel of others. You must do this to be a good Christian. You have to do this to make your first 100K or your next 100K. Listen, I have another podcast called First 100K. And on that podcast, I speak with entrepreneurs all day long who have uh, passed and gotten over the 100K mark. And I ask them, how do you do it? How do you do it? The same story always keeps showing up. It's a pattern. And the pattern is they stopped relying on themselves. They stopped isolating themselves from others. They stopped bouncing their own ideas off the mirror. And they sought the counsel of others. They built a team around them of people that were smarter than them. And their company grew. Their profits grew. And they built something awesome. So if you want that, that type of business, you want to grow the business that you're leading and stop making excuses. Go seek counsel from others. It's powerful stuff. Here's why it's important. God speaks through others. I firmly believe this in my own life. God speaks through others. He wants to speak to you, his message to you about your life, about his plan for your life, about who you are, about who he is that he wants you to know. He does it through others. You have to open up. I know what you're thinking. You're saying, well, listen, you know, when I, Joseph, when I ask for counsel from others, like they don't get me. They don't get my life. They don't know what I've been through. Listen, it's all BS. As humans, we all have the same struggle. I've seen this time and time again in my life. I used to believe the same crap that you're believing. That's a limiting belief system that you have. Get rid of it throw it out. Believe this. We're all the same in our struggles. Ask for help. Seek counsel from others. Hear God's word through the voice of others. It's powerful stuff. Stop going it alone. Let me ask you a question. Is it working? Is it working for you to isolate yourself and not listen to others? Is it working for you? There's, I guarantee there are blind spots in your life right now. You're not even aware or there. All your friends know they're there. People who meet you see it, but you don't see it. I bet you if you reach out to some of your closest friends that you trust and you ask them, hey, are there any blind spots like that I don't see about me, like how I show up in the world that maybe you see that you maybe think are holding me back in my life or in my business? Ask them that question. And I'll tell you, they're going to have like a list. A uh, list of blind spots. I remember my buddy, uh, my buddy Trey, a godly man. I really like Trey. Super successful guy. He's gone all the way up um, in the political arena, a judge, and everything like this. So much smarter than me intellectually, right? So much more successful in business and in life than I was at that time. But I am in progress. Watch out. Anyway, uh, with that, Trey, I remember he came to me and he said, Joseph, you have so many blind spots that you are one big blind spot. (gasps) Like, you know how much that hurt my ego? Like, that just dinged it, man. That was like, it just felt, ah, he doesn't like me. He doesn't care about me, right? I come up with all this BS. But that's what true friends do. They call you out on your BS because they want to see you win in your life. God wants to see you win in your life. You have to listen to the counsel of others. So let me spin this a little bit. Maybe you're thinking you know best. Maybe you're thinking, hey, Joseph, it's my life. I know what I'm doing. Listen, you're an idiot. You don't know what you're doing. You think you know what you're doing. That's called a blind spot. Duh, that's the whole definition of a blind spot. I had a ton of them. I've been able to ask for counsel and God transformed my life through other people. Powerful stuff. Everyone's life is different, right? I can't emphasize this point enough, but our struggles are all the same. Your life is different. Your environment is different. Your past is different. Your history is different. The, what you've gone through is different. The excuses in your head are different, but our struggles are all the same. You're not as unique as you think. You're just not. Sorry, you're just not. God is trying to teach us through each other, That's how God works. It's awesome. It's powerful. We need each other. We need each other. We're all brothers and sisters in this. I'm telling you, powerful stuff. You need to pay attention. If several people are telling you the same thing, here's my rule. Here's my rule for listening to counsel from others. It's a powerful rule. It has served me well in my life. You are free to borrow this rule. Here's the rule. If one person comes to you And tells you something critical about you that they think you should change. You don't have to listen. No big deal. It's one person. If two people come to you and say the same thing about you, a blind spot that you may want to change, and they don't know each other, they haven't spoken to each other, two random people in your life say the same thing, your ears should open up and listen. Now be like, wait a second. Two random people, that's coincidental or God incidental. Here's the main part of the rule. If three people or more come to me in my life, come to you in your life and share the same thing that you should work on, you better not only listen, brother or sister, but you want to take action now. That means God is speaking through them to knock you upside the head with a darn two by four because that area of your life isn't working. It's not. Maybe you're hurting people. Maybe you're using people. Maybe you're hurting yourself. It's not working. God wants it out of you. He wants the skadooge removed. So He's speaking to you through other people. That's my rule the one, two, three system, okay? So if three more people t- tell you the same, if two or more, tell you the same thing, listen, be alert, pay attention. If three or more tell you, do something, take action, change it. All right. So what about giving counsel to others? Maybe God is calling you to give counsel to someone around you because that's easy to do, right? We all see other people's blind spots a whole lot better than we see our own. I know you do. I know I do. So maybe you're like I used to be, and you like to drop a lot of unsolicited coaching, unsolicited advice, unsolicited opinions. Stop. It doesn't work. I used to do it all the time. I actually push people away by doing it. I didn't know. It was a blind spot. I thought I was helping them. You probably think you're helping them. If people aren't ready to receive it, you're not helping them. So how do you change that? Well, if it's unsolicited, do this one. say this one little thing. When someone shares a problem about their life or something that's not working or they're complaining or whining, right? People do that. It's called being human. When they do that, lean in and say, hey, let me ask you a question. Is this something you're looking for coaching on or you just want me to listen? They'll respond with, well, actually, I I just wanted to to get it off my shoulders or I just want you to listen. Great. They're not ready for coaching. They just want you to listen. If they say, no, honestly, I really want your opinion on this. Boom. That's your lean in. That's your go time. That's where they have now given you permission to smack them upside the head with a two by four and tell them, hey, here's your blind spot. It's not working. You're hurting people. You're using people. You're hurting yourself. It's not working. Change it. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Give them solutions, right? So don't be too aggressive. Be compassionate. Be firm yet gentle. that's my rule in this area. Be firm yet gentle. right? Firm, Say what needs to be said. Say it with truth, don't hold back, but be gentle. All right. So let's, let's keep going. So I call to action. Listen to the counsel of others in your life. God wants to speak through them to you about your life. All right, here's how you're going to do it. It's, uh, we're going to break it down to some basic steps here. Step one: put your ego aside. Be open. When someone's going to share something about you, it's and it's someone you trust, not total strangers, not people who are jealous of you or hate on you, whatever, but people that you trust. They're in your close circle. You admire them. You either want to be where they are or like they are. Listen to those people. Everyone else, don't listen to, okay? But those people, put your ego aside. That's step one. Be open to what they they have to say. Assess is this a person you can trust? Right? So that's, that's that part right there. Next. So that's step two. Uh, next is step three, ask clarifying questions. So when they tell you, Hey, I really think you need to work on this, right? Like ask clarifying questions. When well, my buddy Trey said, Hey, you have so many blind spots. You're one big blind spot. Like I'm asking him the next question. Like, well, what's, what blind spot are you talking about? Like, what am I not seeing? Ask a clarifying question. They will give it to you. Then, I like this question. Final step. Ask them what they recommend you should do next. Not what you think you should do. It's a blind spot. You don't know what to do. That's why it's not working. That's why you don't even see it. Ask them, what do you think I should do next about this? And then listen for the counsel of others. Okay, this is powerful stuff, man. All right, so let's recap those. So step one, put your ego aside and be open. Step two, assess, is this a person you can trust? Right? Do you want to listen to them? Step three, ask clarifying questions. And step four, ask them what they recommend you should do next. Got it? Awesome. Powerful. Listen to the counsel of others. It's your universal right. You deserve to have a life that works. You deserve to have relationships that work. You deserve to have a relationship with God that that works like a powerful relationship. The only way you can do that is to listen to the counsel of others because God is speaking through them. Do you get it yet? I just want to like shake the camera. All right. So you deserve it. It's your right. Proverbs, right? The Bible even tells you this. If you're a Christian, if you're a believer, listen, go read Proverbs 15, 22. Quote, without counsel, plans fail. But with many advisors, they succeed. Apply that to your business. Without counsel, your plans are going to fail. That's what God's telling you. But with many, many advisors, right? Council of others, they your plans will succeed if they align with God's plans, right? But He'll tell you that. So boom, there's your biblical backing, like right upside the head, bam, upside the head, Bible belt, Bible bang, love it. All right, so don't. Here's the here's the lesson: don't almost put your life on the line like I did. Right. And I haven't even told you that story yet. And I'm going to tell you that story, but like, don't like, you know, going back to the story, don't give up and quit because something in your life, you can't get through it. It's too challenging. It's too, like, it's just not like pushing through. You're not breaking through just like Los Angeles and my buddy, like listen to the counsel of others and push through break through. It's, it works. I've done it so many times in my life. All right. So I'm wrapping up. I'm done with my rant. That's it. I'm dropping. Like if I had a a mic that dropped, like this mic doesn't move. But if I had a mic that dropped, I just dropped it. Like it dropped. Okay, cool. So with that, listen, I'm Joseph Warren. You were made for greatness. So stop being a wuss. Start being a winner. Listen to the counsel of others. Apply it in your life today and God will start to transform your life. And I want that for you. All right, I'm gonna catch you next week on the show. God bless you. Peace out. Love ya. You're the best. Now go be kind to people, would ya? Love ya.